Greetings to all of you in the worthy name of the Lord Jesus. I want to welcome all of you to the service that is dedicated to the ordination of Brother Dave Brenneman as the office of a deacon. I want to thank the visitors from the sister churches here our sister churches, and the friends and families of Dave and Jean, and the local church family, thank you for coming out and showing your support, Brother Dave and Jean, and support of the congregation. And Dave and Jean, I want to thank you for your willingness to be available for the work that the Lord has called you through the clear voice of the congregation. God bless you this evening. Hannah, I bless you. You have been supporting your parents all along in such a beautiful way, and I trust you will in the future. May God bless you in your role as to support the charge given to your parents, to your dad specifically. Think of married Sons and daughters, I don't know if your son is here or not. Is he here? Somewhere? Huh? Okay. Oh, sons, I meant, yeah, okay, sons-in-laws-in-law here. I want to thank you. You, may you support your parents and um, your uh, in-laws even as you're in the middle of raising your families and you're busy with life, I say regularly reach out to your parents and bless them and encourage them. I'm sure you will. But I encourage you in that way. You have a role to play as well. May God bless you in your work. Son-in-law, there you go. Okay, that's what I had in mind. This evening, I'd like to speak directly to you, Brother Dave. I've known you. I've known Brother Dave for many years. He's a close friend of mine. I think I know his heart. And um, I just, as I looked at what to share tonight, I just felt better just to share directly from the Lord, from the Scripture, from my heart to you and Gene, since you're one with Dave, everything I say will apply generally to you as well. So um, let's just pause for a word of prayer. Lord, we do also covet your presence this evening and pray, Lord, that you would anoint the words that are spoken, that they be not just words, that there would be life, that it would be anointing, that they would generate grace and blessing and comfort to our hearts. We're thankful, Lord, that you have led us where you have, and we pray, Lord, you would lead us this evening to a gracious end and rejoicing in your goodness. I pray especially that you be with Brother Dave and Jean as they step forward to take this work this evening and pray for the anointing of your word. 
we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For scripture, you can turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, verse 12 to verse 16, I'm going to read. Am I wrong here? I believe it's Second Timothy. Let me check here. No. Okay, let me see my scripture here. Yes, yeah, starting at verse 12. Okay. Verse 12 to verse 16. And I thank thee, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. <clears throat> Paul is writing here to his most faithful disciple, Timothy. Timothy was the best disciple that Paul had that we know of in the scripture. And in the beginning of the book, he talks to Timothy and gives him the charge and what he should do. And here in verse 12, he begins to talk about himself and give a little bit of, of a um, testimony of his, of his own experience and his own heart. And what the Lord Jesus Christ did for him and how he responded to it. I'm going to use verse 12 as an outline this evening. As I speak to Brother Dave and his calling to the ministry as a deacon. And if you look at verse 12, there are four points in there. Number one, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. Number two, who hath enabled me? Number three, for that he counted me faithful, and number four, putting me in the ministry. So that will be the outline this evening as I talk. So number one, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, Brother Dave, I do not know all the emotions and thoughts that are going through your heart. I don't know you that well, and your mind. I trust that to some degree, you are able to thank the Lord for the place that he has called you this evening. Yet, I would not expect you to be ecstatic, overjoyed, and just overflowing with gratitude in what God has done this evening. I don't expect you to that, to do that. But this is only the beginning. Now we're going to talk moving forward. Moving forward, there is strength and purpose in these words. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
every morning when you wake up, no matter what your day has been before, no matter what you might think you're going to face today, maybe some you know you're going to face a difficult situation or whatever it is, you can get up with the posture of heart. I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul said that. I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord. You see, your ministry will not primarily be about your gifts. That the Lord has invested in you. You have gifts. It's not going to be primarily the task that the elders are going to give you to do and say, go, brother, you have this, we have this area here and you need to go do that. Not primarily that. Your ministry is not primarily that. Nor is it primarily the congregation that you will be serving. Your ministry to be effective will be primarily the overflow out of your heart of the love and relationship you have with the Lord. Your ministry to be effective will be out of the waters of living water that flow out of your heart from your inner being and flowing from you, from the Lord, to you, to others. It's about the divine power and the precious promises that he gives by which you come a partaker of that divine nature. Think of the Apostle Paul. What was his life like? Did he have an easy life? Was his life stress-free? Problem-free, pain-free. I think of the list of difficulties that he faced, uh, that he lists, the list of difficulties that he lists other places in his letters, in his writings. The hunger, the cold, the beatings, the sleep deprivation, etc. If there was anything such as post-traumatic stress disorder, which I'm sure there was back then, he should have had it. He should have had it. Any true minister of the word knows that he will face difficulties that he would not face were he not in the ministry. You can know that. Everyone faces difficulties. But you will face difficulties specifically because you are in a ministry that you would not face. It is indeed... It should be a deed of a work of toil and self-denial and demanding many sacrifices and personal ease and comfort. It requires a man to give up some of the prospects of wealth, of ease. Historically and still in many places, it has been identified with want and poverty and neglect and persecution. But Paul began by saying, I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord. He felt so honored that the Lord would use him after what he had done to the church, after he was injurious and a persecutor and everything, that the Lord would use him even in that difficulty he had. He said, I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord. I thank you that you have put me in the function of an apostle and it does not matter 
if it's difficult, I thank the Lord. And he had that posture of heart. Dave, see this calling that you are receiving as an honor from the Lord. He saved you with a purpose, with a work, which saved you with a work for you in mind. And I know we all are unworthy and we are all undeserving, but we are also loved and we are desired by the Lord. So follow the example of Paul and say, Thank Christ Jesus, my Lord. And never lose the wonder that he saved you. This is all of us. The Lord saved us. Never lose the wonder of that. So nurture that relationship with the Lord, the time with him, and the normal posture of heart. Thank you, Christ Jesus Or just simply thank you, Jesus. Number two, who hath enabled me. Is there anyone here who has ever planted candy corn? I remember that little story by Rod and Staff. (laughs) That little story by Rod and Staff where... um, a boy, I don't remember all the details, but they, it was springtime. They were planting garden, and he saw the planting of the garden. Then he got some candy corn, and it was really, really good. And he thought, well, if I plant it, I'll have more. And so he did. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited. Finally, he told his mom about it, and the mom went out, and they dug it up, and it was bad. Now, he has some things right. You have to give him. He understood the principle of sowing and reaping. And he understood the the principle or the idea of self-denial. Wait now for a better fruit later. He could have eaten that candy. So, he had some good character qualities, did he not? But didn't he not? He, he lacked understanding of a crucial truth. A crucial truth which is very crucial, which is life comes from God and only from God. So who does the enabling? That's the point. Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now, so here we have who enables me. And and this can be received both as a truth. It's a truth. He enables me. And it can be received as a promise. And we'll go through both of them. The truth. Paul did not change from what he was to what he now is in this letter by himself. Neither did he get to be an apostle of the Gentiles by his own gifting and his own abilities. There was this divine life infused into Paul that gave him power and the ability and the enablement to serve as he did in the ministry. He was planted into that ground when he met Christ on the road to Damascus. And then there was life infused in him and he came up and he was prepared and enabled. Verse 
<clears throat> we heard some about that this morning, about that, that enablement. He was, he was planted, he grew, and new life grew, and he became fruitful. And that fruitfulness came because of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ in him. Dave, you also are enabled by the life of God that is in work within you. When you're called, uh, you need to nurture that life, and you need to follow that life. That life is not automatic. It's not what you call uh, autopilot. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be pursued, that life. But it's that life which will enable you has an innate power that enables you to do the work of the ministry. That is the truth. That is the reality. It can also be a promise. There will be times, maybe many times, when you are called to a particular task or a problem that you will have no idea how you're going to get through it. could be with relationships, in the congregation or relationships in the ministry team, or it could be sin issues, or it could be doctrinal challenges, many things. But you don't know what you're going to do. That's when you can go to this verse and you can receive it as a promise. He who hath enabled me That can be received as a promise. You see, his enabling is ever-present. In rejoicing or in victory, or in pain or in sorrow, his enabling does not change. It's ever-present, that grace. So, if you are in a situation in which there is no possible way forward, as far as you can see, you are in pain and you are in distress, And this promise applies. It is he who enables me. There is a path forward. I am not alone. I will take the next step he wants me to take. And I will trust. He enables me. It's not my strength. I will do as he tells me and I will move forward because he enables me. That's a promise that's done by faith. And you can rest. You can be reassured. My favorite song on this point, and you all know it, but this is my favorite song. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth his mercy to multiply trials, he multiply his multiplied peace. <clears throat> when we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we have reached the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's forgiven, giving is only begun. Fear not that thy need shall exceed his provision. Our God ever yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on the arm everlasting availing. The Father both thee and thy load will upbear.
His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. His enabling grace. Number three. For that he counted me faithful. A king, when he sends an ambassador to a foreign country to represent his interest, he places confidence in that ambassador. A king sends an ambassador to a foreign country to represent the king's interest. The king is not there. He places confidence in that ambassador. He would not commission the ambassador unless he has reason to believe that he would be faithful. So it is in reference to all who are called by the Lord into the ministry. Ministers are God's ambassadors for his interest in the world. He is putting someone into the ministry. His putting someone into the ministry is an expressive act of great confidence in that person. For he commits him a great and important interest. In fact, I don't know if there's any greater interest entrusted to men than this one. Dave, you are an ambassador in a foreign country for the Lord Jesus. We do not live in heaven. We live on planet Earth, and it's not yet the late great planet Earth. All Christians actually are ambassadors. We are all to represent the interest of our king in this foreign country. But Dave, the Lord has counted you faithful. You are entrusted with a charge as a servant among God's people here at Oasis, even though your influence will be bigger than just here. But you've been given a charge. In 1 Corinthians 4.2, Paul, again speaking of his own ministry, says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You are a steward. Ministers are stewards handling God's interest. And one thing is required. It is required. Don't forget, it is required. Faithfulness is required. It's in the big things faithfulness is required. And in the little things, in the relationships and in the practices, in the doctrines, And in the practicals, faithfulness to the Lord is required. And maybe I can speak to us all in the matter of faithfulness. Big and little. If we overemphasize the little things like the Pharisees did, we can completely miss the big picture. That is not good. Trying to be faithful in the small things and lose sight of the big things is a bad thing. I think we all agree with that. But as any business knows, 
The difference between a successful business and a failing one is often found in the little things. A little money leaking here, a little inefficiency there, a little lapse in quality over there, a little shortcut in customer satisfaction there. And those little things, that business that had a good business plan falters. Because little things add up. Faithfulness is required in the big things and in the little things. And so Paul said it require it is of stewards, it is required in stewards that a man be faithful. It's the same way in a family. Big things are in place, everything looks good, but many small inconsistencies that add up and make a big difference over time. So Dave, you are entrusted as a steward. God has confidence in you. And I did not talk to anyone, and I don't know if this is a right statement or not. I'm going to say it, and you have the right to come to me and, and ask and tell me it was not. But I'm going to say, is it wrong to say that God believes in you? <laughs> he has entrusted you. He's going to put you in this place that he believes in you. So if that's wrong, just let me know. But he has counted you faithful. It is not your responsibility to make things happen. <clears throat> it is not your job to guarantee the fruit in the lives of other people. It is your duty to be faithful to God. You are serving him first and foremost, and then you are serving people. But you are not loving if you don't do what I want or accept me as I am, you may hear. You don't love as Jesus loved. Well, I just want to say one verse here. I am true. You don't love as Jesus loved. I think we can say, affirm that. We don't love as Jesus loved. I will acknowledge that. You would acknowledge that. But how did Jesus love? And there's one verse here in Revelation 3.19. Jesus speaking of a wayward church. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. <laughs> so that can be part of loving as well. Being faithful to God, to his word. You are his ambassadors. And because he cares about people, you will care about people in the way that he calls you to be faithful to him. Number four, putting me into the ministry. Dave, who is putting you into the ministry? Is it the congregation? Is it the ordaining elders? We are vessels. As the song goes, channels only. But it's God who's putting you into ministry. There have been many ordained men who, after being in leadership for some time, and after facing severe struggles, question whether they were really given their charge by God. Paul was unstoppable. 
He could be stoned, he could be jailed, he could be shipwrecked and whatever, beaten, and you couldn't stop him. The only thing that finally stopped him physically was Nero's sword. Now, there's many reasons for this. You know, it was he who said, and Paul had many reasons why he was unstoppable, and he said, well, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And he said, if God be for us, who can be against us? And I mean, that just exudes faith and confidence. Now, did he feel that way every minute of his life? I don't know. I don't always. And you won't either. But one of the reasons that he was strong was he recognized where his calling came from. It was the Lord who called him into the ministry. The Lord had put him there. He had no doubt it was the Lord. In fact, he said, I don't have to, I just have to quote here, not the uh, reference. Necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. He said, if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with the stewardship. He had that charge in such a concrete way that he couldn't get out of it if he would have wanted to. He said, even if I'm unwilling, I still got it. The charge is there. The call is there. The, the installment of me as an apostle is there. And it made him strong. In fact, that absolute confidence that Paul had in his calling was one of the blocks in his foundation that made him unstoppable. God has called me, and he has called me to do this work. He was apostle to the Gentiles. I have all of heaven behind me as I represent and promote the interest of heaven here on earth. Dave, I encourage you that you can rest in the reality that it's the Lord who has called you through the church to this work. It's God's calling and it's God's work and it's God's power. You can move into the work with confidence, with assurance. You are, can I say, you are certified? I think the proper way you are called, say it that way. Just a few practicals here in closing. In the early church, the deacon was considered the assistance of the bishop, to use the word for overseers generally. Polycarp said, this is one of Polycarp's writings, he said, it is impossible to continue the ministry of Jesus without the bishop and the deacon. The deacon is essential. For the work of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. The deacon furnishes or fulfills the service elements of the congregation in many ways. And we often said, find a man who is already serving. Find a man who already has his heart set to minister. Find a man that is both qualified and gifted. And give him the official charge. Give him the charge and the responsibility and the authority 
to do what he has already been doing in the church in a sanctioned format. That, my brothers and sisters, is what we're doing this evening. So, I encourage you, Dave and Jean, to think often on this verse. The testimony of Apostle Paul, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. May God bless you. Thank you, Brother Earl, for uh, instructing and encouraging our hearts in this matter. God bless you, Brother Dave, Sister Jean, as you shoulder the responsibility that God is calling you to here this evening. I'd also like to say thank you to all of you who have come. Show your support and care, love, Brother Dave and his family. And as I was thinking about this service and thinking about what's taking place here tonight, my mind went again to the scripture in Acts 6 where it has gone to various times in the past several months as we contemplated and considered our need here in this congregation for a deacon. And the, the, act, the scripture there in Acts 6 is the situation where there were early church life and uh, a problem came up in church life. And there was murmurings in how the uh, daily ministrations were being handled and there was people being missed and there was murmurings happening in the church and there was uh, a situation at hand that needed attention. And so they called the apostles together and uh, we've got a problem, we need a solution. Well, the apostles said, It's not wise, I'm putting these things in my own words, it's not wise that we leave the ministry of the word and serve tables. And that uh, is not necessarily indicating that one uh, calling or one responsibility is greater than another. It's just simply saying that if we, uh, they were simply recognizing that we have a spot to fill and if we leave it to take care of this, this one isn't going to be done. And so, find yourself some brothers among you who are full of the Holy Ghost and faith and assign them for that need. And we'll continue in the ministry of the word. And so they sought out seven men in their day. Sorry, Dave, we're putting it all on you. We didn't give you six others. Um, But in their day, they sought out seven men, gave them the responsibility to take care of those matters. And uh, the apostles continued in the ministry of the word. And when we get down to verse, uh, well, we get to verse six, 
where they laid hands on these seven men and gave them their charge. And then in verse 7, the scripture tells us, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And that verse has spoken or encouraged me many times. Uh, you know, as we, as God's people, uh, we, when the church is, is functioning, when the church is healthy and it's functioning well, it, it becomes an influence. And, uh, that's what happened here. They, they took care of the problem that was among them. They, uh, called out men in their midst to assist in those needs and the church was able to continue to function in a healthy manner, uh, meeting both the spiritual and the, and the, uh, uh, natural needs as, as they were doing there in the case of the widows and so forth. And in that context of the church uh, being a health uh, church, there were many that were added to it. I guess we trust the Lord for that as well, that as we uh, put brothers in place of responsibility and as we as a congregation here speaking to us now, as we work and, and uh, labor together and worship together and serve the Lord together, that our lives can be an influence and a help to others in life's pilgrimage. <clears throat> so again, we thank the Lord for bringing us to this place after some months of some discussions and prayer and planning and uh, setting dates Time for voting, a time for ordination, and here we are. God has led us. We are very grateful for that. We voted this past Thursday, and uh, without question, Brother Dave was uh, the brother whom God has set forth in our midst to uh, fill this responsibility. So we thank God for that. Very grateful. So we will proceed with the laying on of hands and I think I will again just uh, invite a couple of the ministering brothers from this church's sister church's churches that we relate to to come forward and just gather with us here for the laying on of hands. Uh, so if Brother David Burkholder, uh, Brother Leonard Martin, Oh, just seeing who's all here. Uh, maybe Simon, if you could uh, come and join us, the three of you representing three other fellowships and just be with us here. Brother Dave, if you would stand and brothers, you can come. <clears throat> Dave, you and your wife. And uh, just uh, read the charge to you here. And then we'll have you kneel and Pray, laying on of hands. and Brother Dave, you have been called by God through the voice of the church to the responsibility of a deacon here at Oasis Christian Fellowship. Your responsibility, your responsibility will include, uh, but not be limited to, caring for the financial and practical well-being 
of the congregation, seeing to the practical needs of fatherless and widows and assisting the elders in opportunities as opportunities arise. You will be expected to work in harmony with the established ministry team and also uh, submit yourself to the input and help of other the other like-minded churches that we work with. Brother David, it is important that you maintain a spirit-filled life, walking in all humility, endeavoring by God's grace to live godly and righteous in this present evil world. Be vigilant, be sober, be of good behavior. It is very essential that you keep a high priority on your home, even as you fill this place of responsibility. Keep your marriage in good repair. Uh, ruling your children in your house well, being a father, uh, holding the mystery of the faith in a good conscience. You're called upon to be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Sister Jean, God has, your husband has been called through the voice of the church to the role of a deacon here at Oasis Christian Fellowship. It is of utmost importance that you faithfully stand by his side and support him in this ministry. You are also called upon to be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Brother Dave, will you accept the responsibility of a deacon here at Oasis Christian Fellowship. Yes. And Sister Jean, will you commit to commit your life to standing by your husband in support of his ministry? Yes, I did. You may kneel here and uh, gather around. <clears throat> We commit to you, Brother Dave, the charge and off, uh, the charge of a deacon at Oasis Christian Fellowship. Be strong, be courageous, and embrace the work which the Lord has called you to. Our Father God, thank you for this moment. Thank you that we have the privilege of gathering in this way giving responsibility and, a call, and recognizing a calling on Brother Dave's life, giving him a charge to fill that responsibility. Thank you, Father. Thank you for preparing Brother Dave for this. Thank you for your grace in his life these many years, his faithfulness, his sensitivity to you, and his desire to walk faithfully with you. Thank you for all of that, Lord. And now, Father, as he shoulders this responsibility, we ask that you would fill him with your spirit. We ask, Father, that you might even impart more gifts to him than he may already have. We realize those are possibilities as you call uh, individuals to places of responsibility. So we ask you to bless him according to your purposes and your plan. Father, enable him in this work as he will face, uh, at times, difficult moments. In those moments, be near him and strengthen him and give him courage. 
Father, thank you again. Thank you for his willingness. And I pray that you would bless him and sustain him in this calling. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Yes, Father, we do ask you, Lord, at this moment to bless Brother Dave here. You have heard the charge. We have all heard the charge given to him. And, Lord, he has accepted that. And I know it's his heart to fulfill that. And I pray, Lord, you would fill him with your spirit, with your confidence, and with your faith. I just pray, Lord, that you would uh, continue, Lord, as in all of us, to take out the self-confidence out of our heart and our leaning upon you. And, Lord, recognize that there is a rest and that there is a joy and that there is a peace, even in the midst of even in the midst of labor and toil and and trouble. And I pray, Lord, that uh, Brother Dave and and Jean, that they both would, uh, that this would be a regular experience of their lives, Lord, as they minister. And I pray, Lord, yes, that you would gift him, uh, give him insight, give him an eye to see the needs in the congregation and be able to uh, see those needs and to, and to recognize them and to be able to, to meet them, Lord, by your grace. Mm-hmm. Pray for Sister Jean. I just pray, Lord, you would bless her in her faithfulness in the past. And I pray you would just increase that as they move forward in this work. Mm-hmm. Pray in Jesus' name. Yes, our Heavenly Father, <clears throat> we do come to you this Evening, and we, Father, Father, we count it a great privilege to be here, to witness this, to support Brother Dave. And Father, we want to thank you that, that in your all, uh, sovereign will that you have ordained it thus that elders and deacons be called to serve the church. And so, Father, we pray that, that Dave would find that spot and, uh, fill that. Father, we also pray for the congregation, that they would allow Dave to fill that spot. And they would come in and support him and his work, and uh, that they would work together in unity, have the spirit of unity that would help make Dave's job go much easier. And so, Father, we pray that your spirit would be upon this congregation. We thank you for it. Father, we're excited about your work and calling a brother to serve. And we pray that it would be a means to uh, fill your purpose and your will in this congregation as they serve here in this community. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brothers. God bless you, brother. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you to all who have come. I think we will have a song. Would you be ready with a song? We'll have a song, and then uh, at the end of the song, we'll have a dismissal prayer. Go ahead, brother.